Companies that set out to change the world should stand for something, something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sander Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, sacred international journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're proudly coming to you through the ever-expanding X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring Take Heart. I've been blessed throughout my career as a shamanic practitioner to know and work with many fine medical doctors. One particular doctor and I had been referring clients back came to me after his heart valve transplant. He was having trouble in integrating the donated valve, was experiencing deep depression and unusual panic attacks. Neither symptom was present before the transplant surgery. Knowing my work well, he ascertained it could be a spiritual issue and thought I might be of assistance. During the course of the shamanic session, I was directed to remove the frequency of the donor from the new valve and replace it with that of the client's original valve. While in the journey trance, I had a vision of the automobile accident that took the young donor's life. I shared the information with my client. Although donor information is not ordinarily disclosed, my doctor friend was later contacted by the donor's parents, who informed him their son was killed in the very accident I described in detail during our session. Now, this is remarkable enough, as is the fact that the panic attacks went away immediately after our session. Even more remarkable is what I learned during the session about the spiritual functioning of the heart. 
While in the shamanic journey trance, I was taken back to the operating room the moment of the actual surgery. Though I had no knowledge of what goes on during heart surgery, my doctor friend later said I described the operating room and the procedure perfectly. At one point, the heart was taken offline and an artificial pump took over. Immediately, I felt such anguish from his entire body, I started to weep. When I asked what was wrong, I was told that the body was languishing for lack of the love essence with which the heart imbued the blood. I felt sorrow from the heart for its failing this most sacred duty. Through shamanic healing form known as soul retrieval, I was able to remove the trauma. Without boring you with the details, the spiritual root of PTSD is disconnection from a natural and necessary frequency. Soul retrieval is a form that enables the shamanic practitioner to correct the frequency disconnect and restore full balanced expression. After the session, my doctor's friend's depression lifted and did not return. It was a remarkable experience from which we both learned a great deal including how effective shamanic work can be in supporting organ transplant and reducing the incidence of rejection. Yet what stuck with me was the love issue. The body was drugged, violated, split down the middle for surgery. Yet the greatest trauma occurred when the heart was disconnected and no longer able to imbue the blood with the frequency of love? What was that about? Upon further research, I found that extreme depression is common among heart surgery patients. There are many procedures equally traumatic, but tend not to result in depression as often as open-heart surgeries when the heart is taken offline. The mystery stays with me to this day. The only conclusion I've derived is that we really don't understand the true function of the heart. Perhaps our guest can shed some light on the mystery. Our guest this hour, Dr. Tom Cowan is the author of many books, including Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, A Doctor's Quest to Understand, Treat, and Prevent Cardiovascular Disease. Dr. Cowan graduated from Michigan State University College of Human Medicine in 1984. After his residency in family practice in Johnson City Hospital, he set up an anthroposophical medical practice in New Hampshire. Dr. Cowan has served as vice president of the Physicians Association for Anthroposophical Medicine, and as a founding board member with the Wesson Ace Price Foundation. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Dr. Cowan, and together we'll examine his views on many things, including the hidden notions of the human heart, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Relmar McConnell Media Company, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Tom Cowan. He's the author of many books, including Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, A Doctor's Quest to Understand, Treat, and Prevent Cardiovascular Disease. During his career, he's studied and written about many subjects in medicine. These include nutrition, homeopathy, anthroposophical medicine, and herbal medicine. He writes Ask the Doctor column in Wise Traditions, Food, Farming, and the Healing Arts, the Foundation's quarterly magazine, and has lectured throughout the United States and Canada. His website is fourfoldhealing.com. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now that I've butchered it, what exactly is anthroposophical medicine? Uh, anthroposophy is means the wisdom of man and it's uh, that's a pretty pretentious title but it was the word that a guy named Rudolf Steiner gave to essentially his philosophy and out of that came various practical endeavors uh, the most well-known are the worldwide Waldorf school movement and biodynamic agriculture and also anthroposophical medicine it's basically just an application of his philosophy to these different practical endeavors. So what does it take to be an, uh, a doctor in that form? So first you have to be a you know, licensed uh, MD or DO, or I guess now PAs. I'm not sure if they qualify, but... I'm a little bit out of the loop of anthroposophical medicine for the last decade, but um, then you basically do some sort of training, either an apprenticeship or there's different courses. Uh, for me, I did basically about a, uh, 10 years of a week-long training session with doctors from Germany who are you know, lifelong practitioners of this. And then I did about three months of apprenticeship with different physicians in the U.S. who are practitioners of anthroposophical medicine. But it's it's more more than a than a sort of formal license. And for me, more it's just a way of seeing the world, which is, I'd say, pretty radically different than the sort of normal science and medicine way that most of us are taught. Can you go into that a little bit? That sounds pretty fascinating. Well, you know, I mean, there's a whole lot of different ways of doing that. But 
uh, I think to, to bring it down to the, the introduction I heard from you and I think the kind of things you're interested in, in particularly with relation to the heart, you know, one of the most curious things these days with medicine and science is in many ways, in at least in my opinion, and, and I want to be clear here that in no way am I speaking for anthroposophy I'm, or anthroposophical medicine. I'm speaking for Tom Cowan. That's it. So I just want to be very clear. I don't want anybody to use what I say as, anthroposophists or anthroposophy thinks this, this is what I think. Um, so, for instance, if you look up, uh, you know, everybody's fond these days of saying how much we believe in science. We believe in science. And, in fact, the interesting thing is we use it uh, almost in the same way that we say we believe in, like, religion or, or something like that. We, so we believe in it. If you, if you look up the definition of science in the dictionary, it says science is the belief in things that can be measured or weighed. Uh, or put it another way, science these days uh, is the belief that the only thing that exists are things that are actually physical, like uh, molecules, atoms, compounds, things that are physical. So we're talking about the heart now, and I would say that most cardiologists and surgeons, um, even though they espouse this, the, the, the belief that they only believe in science and their whole field is all about science, uh, yet my guess is they've at least said once or probably twice in their life to somebody, I love you with all my heart. Now, if you think about that for a minute, uh, having done anatomy and dissections of the human being, I can guarantee you there's no such thing as love in the heart. You will not find it in with your surgical knife. And since that's the only thing that a surgeon or a cardiologist typically, I don't want to speak for all of them, believe in, there's, there's a sort of disconnect. And the disconnect is interesting because nobody says to their loved one or their spouse or their children or, or about their beloved pet, I love you with all my spleen or my right femur or my left <laughs> testicle or over. Right? We don't even say that about our brain. My, and if you don't believe me, somebody out there, next time you want, uh, come, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, uh, send somebody a Valentine's card and, and say, I love you with all my left kidney. Uh, because nobody believes that. It's just intuitively, instinctually wrong. We all know, we all know uh, somewhere in us that the heart is connected with love. It's even like the, the, the story you were mentioning. Um, now, well, I'll get back to that in a minute. But so yet the problem is there's no love in the heart. There's no physical thing which we can dissect. The heart is just this lump of muscle which has a very particular shape which I go about which I go into in my book. Uh but there's no such thing as love. And so then you get into the whole aspect so so what is love anyways? It it obviously not a physical thing because it's not there anywhere. You can look under an electron microscope, and you never identify a molecule called love. Yet, we all, we all know that's the case. We all know it's the case that it's associated with your heart. And then when you get into the, the whole aspect of, of this transplantation effect, so we know that if you transplant somebody's heart, uh, well, somebody receives a transplanted heart, in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, the person will take on, the, the recipient will take on the personality of the donor, which can be a good thing or a bad thing or a conflicted thing or a joyful thing. But in any case, that happens, and it happens much more, in fact, almost exclusively with heart transplants as opposed to eye transplants or kidney 
transplants or any other transplants. So then when you start delving more into this in depth, and I, I also go into this in my book, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a central part of my book, but it's certainly there. Uh, you can come to the conclusion that one's what we call the entirety of one's personality, you know, whether you like jazz or rock and roll and which foods and which type of people and just the entirety of that which one is attracted to and which one loves has to do with one's entirety of one's personality. And somehow, in some mysterious way, that's actually connected with the physical heart because that's the only explanation as to why when you literally transplant somebody's heart into somebody else's body, <coughs> sorry, they get something of a personality transplant. And so that actually inspires you to understand how this works. The real personality is associated, even down to the physical being with the heart then this impulse from the heart including love and every other emotion then is translated by the brain into action the brain doesn't generate emotions it doesn't even generate thoughts it just translates that which is uh, in a sense created by the heart into so for instance words or thoughts and then the person has a choice they can accept this new personality, and usually that actually confers a better outcome for heart transplant patients. Or they can say to themselves, or specifically their brain can say, no, that's not me, I am not going to like jazz music, even though everything in my being now wants to listen to it. In fact, in an interesting sort of way, that's how a lot of people live. They they have conceptions or thoughts about the world that don't square up with their actual experience or their felt understanding. So they're in conflict, and those people have bad outcomes. You know, um, a lot of indigenous people, a lot of the indigenous training that I've undergone, speak uh, at length about the importance of balancing heart and mind. Um, and this is part of what you're talking about, isn't it? It's exactly what I'm talking about. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the fundamental mistakes of our culture and why we have so much disease is we are an entirely almost, or as much as anybody in the history of the world, brain-centered, thought-oriented, uh, deny-our-personal-experience type of culture. So even the things that we feel or etc we 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 deny them because uh, all kinds of reasons cultural norms people laugh at you etc <clears throat> and so we become a almost entirely brain oriented culture and frankly the brain is the is the seat or the origin of the of most diseases in the first place so that's a problem do you mean because of belief systems uh, partly because of belief systems and partly, and this is, comes out of anthroposophy, we, we have three different spheres of influence in our being. One is the head, one is the heart, and one is the abdomen. And the head is all centered around stillness and coldness and crystallization. So, for instance, the cerebrospinal fluid in the head is this clear crystalline fluid as opposed to the moving blood, as opposed to the chaotic lymph. So these are the three realms of fluids. When you see that the body crystallizing too fast, too soon, so for instance, gallstones, kidney stones, or even a cancer is a, essentially a, a soft tissue becoming a rock, if you want to go to extreme, or hardening of the arteries, all these things which we associate from, with aging are actually a mineralization or concretization of the tissue, and that's the influence going, of the head. 
we're going to have to pick up on this. It's very interesting on the other side. Dr. Cohen and I will return to this discussion on the flip side of a break. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. There's more revelations to come, so don't you go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. 
A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, folks. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our very special guest this hour is Dr. Tom Cowan. He's the author of many books, including Human Heart, Cosmic Heart. Dr. Cowan, we were talking about crystallization and, and how it affects our health and how it comes from the brain. Would you mind completing that thought for us? One of the fundamental and uh, completely not understood aspects of human health is we have these three three spheres of influence. By the way, this, this goes back even to Paracelsus and Hippocrates and people like that. So this is not new to Rudolf Steiner. And it's one one way to understand health that the warmth and, in a sense, the pus comes from the abdomen and the crystallization and the coldness come from the head. You can see when when the crystallization stays in the head, everything is good. But when in the pus and the warmth stay in the abdomen, everything is good. But if you get pus in the head, that's what we call an ear infection or a conjunctivitis or a sinus infection, etc. So you can see this whole dynamic work out in how human beings get sick. And, of course, none of this is understood. And the reason it's not understood is is complicated, but partly because modern science and medicine doesn't think in terms of forces or energy. They think only in physical substance, and that's not what controls anything. You have some really interesting, from reading your book, some really interesting ideas about the heart. Um, what really goes on in the heart, and what is its purpose? Well, some most science and doctors would think the heart pumps the blood, but that is a basically a completely untenable proposition, just from the fact that we have these miles. You know, three there's enough blood vessels to encircle the earth three times, and it's fil- filled with this sticky fluid with stuff floating in it, meaning red blood cells and white blood cells and how it's possible that a one-pound organ can push all this sticky fluid with stuff floating in it three times around the earth and stop halfway between and then get going again is actually ludicrous. There's a whole lot more about why it's ludicrous and even the details describing how even biomechanically this can't work. And for people who are interested, we have now a website devoted to the heart called humanheartcosmicheart.com. And there's two articles about called The Heart is Not a Pump and a guy who's a biomechanic engineer and another by an uh, anesthesiologist. So anybody can look that up. Uh, so the question then, if the heart doesn't pump the blood, what does it do? And what it does is the blood comes into the heart of its own volition, and I describe in the book again what I mean by that and what the motive for moving the blood is. And then to get into your question, what the heart does is basically stops the blood. It converts it into a high-speed vortex, which then creates a torus-shaped energy field around the heart which organizes the entire human being, the person, into a unified organism. This uh, vortex then organizes the blood into having the lighter elements on the outside and the cells going down the central axis, which is the most efficient way for the blood to move. And by the way, this vortexing effect of the heart uh, was first actually written about and discovered by Leonardo da Vinci in whatever he lived, 1400s, and has also been confirmed by Johns Hopkins using, um, you know, modern CT scans and MRIs, etc. 
So basically, the function of the heart is to create is to organize the blood into a vortex. By doing so, it creates essentially an energetic field around it, which one can actually measure, which then, like the conductor of a symphony, uh, we can't have our liver and our spleen playing their own melodies. Uh, They all have their different part to play, but the heart organizes it into a unified whole so that we can actually have an organism that functions. Okay, so I'm real familiar with the toroidal field around the heart. Yes, we can measure it. Yes, it's scientifically proven. But also, it interfaces with the uh, toroidal field around the body, which we call the auric field. Is this a unifying thing that you're talking about, how it unifies our energetic field as well as our physical form? Yes, that is. And it comes because of the way the, the heart is functioned and the way it's shaped and the effect that it has on the blood. Even the, we now know that the energetic field actually comes from the, essentially the magnetized iron in the blood, which is then spun in this vortex in the heart. That works just like the center of the earth then, doesn't it? Exactly. In fact, <laughs> the heart is, is, is oriented in the same geometrical plane as, as basically the earth. I mean, that's complicated, and I write about it in the book. Well, that goes back to, again, what indigenous cultures believe, is that if we can stay in tune with the earth, we stay healthier and in balance. And now now that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yes, because staying in tune with the earth is really the same thing as staying in tune with one's heart. And staying in tune with one's heart also implies a certain trust of believing one's own feelings and instincts as opposed to what we have now in our culture, which is we believe stuff. Now, we also know that most of the stuff we believe turns out to be lies or misinformation or disingenuous, somebody trying to, you know, game us or fool us. We end up, as a friend of mine wrote a book called The Culture of Make-Believe, as opposed to a culture of, as you describe, the indigenous people who know things to be true because they experience it and can feel it actually in their heart. Mm, amazing. And anybody who's ever fallen in love and knows what that feels like knows that it doesn't matter if the Democratic or Republican Party tell you differently. That's your experience, and that's what you're going to act on. Hmm. You know, heart disease is a huge issue in our culture. Why do you, what do you think it'll take to overcome this epidemic? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think it'll take a collapse. But uh, what do I know? I mean, maybe there'll be a smooth transition into people seeing the world differently. But I think it's going to have to be pretty chaotic. Do you think the worldview is actually the basis behind heart disease? Yes. Could you go into that a little for me? Well, uh, part of the worldview is is what I talked about. We are very materialistic, and I don't mean money. I mean that we only believe in physical matter, even though every, every basic scientific understanding in quantum physics, you know, says that that's just not true. Uh, The other basic worldview is is what I mean we have learned through very specific uh, situations and uh, things that not to trust our own instincts, feelings, and intuitions about the way the world really is. And that leaves the people basically floundering and uh, at the mercy of people trying to manipulate them, which is what we have now. And unless that worldview changes, we end up with people thinking disease is just from the genes, you've got nothing to do with it, um, and so we're going to cut the plaque out of, your, out of your body or whatever, and that doesn't work. We already know it doesn't work. The science even the science of it, you know, the Mayo Clinic does a study, and they say 
uh, you know, bypasses and stents, they don't work. They don't prolong people's lives. And yet we still do them as, as a matter of course, right? Yeah, because it's religion. We do them because we believe in it. And we don't know any other way. So we're kind of stuck. I remember one time I was having an argument with my former husband, and I finally got frustrated. I said, you know, you can logic me in and out of anything, but you can't change the way I feel. And that's, that's what we've lost touch with, isn't it? Is we're, we're so caught up in our brain that we're controllable through people using logic when we don't counterbalance it with our feelings. That's one way to put it. I, I don't want to belittle uh, thinking, though. I don't want to belittle logic or even the possibility of doing a study to find out what you can find out. But what, but what I want to um, point out is a science that says only physical matter exists, that's not science. That's, that's, that's bogus belief. That's a theory that somebody has decided is true, that we can even trace back to, you know, people saying the heart is a pump as a theory with no proof. And that's where the problem is, is we believe in basically bogus understanding of how the world is organized in spite of unbelievable amount of proof to the contrary. And there's so be said for um, the way life works. Like we just saw the toroidal field in the hearts, like the toroidal field is the electromagnetic field around the earth. Isn't there a logic that follows the way life works, that if things don't, the, something that's proposed doesn't line up, then you need to look at it a little closer? Yes. You would think. And that's supposedly what science is when... <laughs> You know, when the facts don't line up, you look at it closer. I mean, here, here's an example. One of the biggest scientific discoveries of the 20th century, multiple Nobel Prizes in science and chemistry and medicine have been given for this, which is the discovery of the membrane theory and the fact that there's a sodium-potassium pump in the membrane, which, which controls... The, essentially the shape of our cells and which ions go through, it gets very technical. So, but that's one of the foundations of modern science and medicine. Well, it turns out if you do a simple experiment, like in order to achieve this pump, how much energy do you need to run this for a day? It turns out it's exactly 17 times as much energy as is available to the cell in the first place. <laughs> so there cannot be this pump that controls the essentially the water movement and the electrical charge of the cell. It's a myth. It's a complete myth that's that's provable if you just do the proper analysis, which was done all the way back into the 50s and 60s. Then well, the we're going to becomes... have to take another break and pick up on this interesting subject on the other side. Dr. Cohen and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, the scienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals and science of the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you daily by the leader in paranormal, spirituality, and alternative health programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Dr. Tom Cowan. He's the author of many books, including Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, A Doctor's Quest to Understand, Treat, and Prevent Cardiovascular Disease. His website is fourfoldhealing.com. So we were having some interesting discussion here about how the... um, uh, sodium pump is impossible if you look at it even mechanically. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, if you look at it energetically, it just can't be. There's a very other simple other explanation, which I don't think I want to get into right now, that explains it and explains it much more simply and elegantly than a pump, which is basically energetically impossible. The the question, the, the reason that get the we get into that is because why is it that science and medicine 
continue to believe in these ideas that are actually scientifically untenable. <laughs> and that's the kind of paradigm shift that either is going to happen or I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we all go down with the ship. Yeah, it's not There's looking another great. classic example of, you know, all doctors seem to believe these days in genetics and the genes control everything. And the way it works is genes make proteins and then the proteins have actions. And the, the basic science of it is one gene makes one protein. That's how the whole thing is organized. Then they do a human genome project, find out there's 20,000 genes and 200,000 proteins. And so the whole thing is nonsense. So it just crashes. Tell us, what do you mean by cosmic heart? I, I, I mean that if you look at the uh, certain aspects of the heart, what you find is that it's very much aligned with uh, certain things that you find in the cosmos. So, for instance, a human being takes 25,920 breaths per day, which is 18 breaths a minute times 60 minutes times 24 hours, which is the pretty much the exact number of years it takes the sun tra to traverse the 12 signs of the zodiac, the so-called platonic year. You know, in, in, the, in these 72 years, which is essentially one, 72 years is one degree of movement of the sun in the zodiac, so each one degree movement of the sun corresponds to uh, the so-called average human life. And again, in these 72 years of life, there's the same number, approximately 26,000 days, which is the amount of breaths in a day or amount of years it takes the sun to traverse the zodiac. When, and there's many more. There's literally scores of these connections. Most of them are centered on the heart and the pulse and the breathing and the connection with the wider cosmos. And again, that's something that doesn't exist in modern science or medicine. Not because it doesn't exist, but because they don't accept that as fact, even though it is fact. They just haven't looked into it. But mainly it's because they have a theory that these things don't exist. It's not that, it's not that they don't exist. They just have a theory they don't exist. Hmm. And so the problem is, if you don't understand these things, you don't understand, A, the role of the human heart, and that even impacts how we treat heart disease. So it has very practical implications for you and I and anybody else with a heart, which is everybody, uh, and so it has down to that level and all the way up to an understanding of the role of the human being in the wider cosmos or world. And so that's why I wanted to point out that there is this connection. The connection is real and very understood. It's scientific in the, in the true sense, which is an understanding of the world, but not scientific in the limited sense, which most of us use that word. Mm. You know, again, we go back to the indigenous people. And one of the things many of my teachers taught me was that the job of the human being was to be the bridge between heaven and earth and that the earth essence and the heaven essence gathered in our heart and then moved out into the world from us. And this kind of aligns with that, doesn't it? Yes, very similar. It's just, uh, it's just that the wording is different, but the concept is identical. Amazing. You know, you talk about what does not cause heart attack. Would you go into that for us? So, in conventional science and medicine, we say that the only thing that causes heart attack is that you have these three major arteries uh, supplying blood to the heart. They're called coronary arteries. And if you get plaque, which they say is from cholesterol depositing, even though we now know that's not true, that's what they say. <clears throat> Sorry. If you get uh, plaque blocking the blood flow, then you get the lack of blood flow downstream from this blockage, and you will then have uh, 
no blood, no oxygen, no food, no ability to get rid of waste products, and that's what causes a heart attack. Now, this theory, and again, like all these things, it's a theory, so like somebody made it up, started in the 40s and 50s. People didn't believe it then, especially the cardiologists. So they started doing studies, and this one pathologist in particular and for those of you who are want to check up on me, which I would encourage everybody to do, go to a website called heartattacknew.com. And in the bottom, there's a print version of a book by a pathologist named Baroldi. And he studied the coronary arteries of people who died of heart attack on autopsy for 40 years. And he said the exact percentage of people who die of a heart attack who have a blocked artery is 41%, which means that only 4 out of 10 had a blocked artery to that part of their heart which had a heart attack, which begs a couple of questions, one of which is what happened to the other 60%. <clears throat> the other thing that he has been able to find uh, with his studies is that the longer you live after having a heart attack, the more blockages percentage-wise you'll have, which, in other words, if you, if you take somebody who dies right away of a heart attack, they often have about 20% of their arteries have blockages, whereas if you live for a, a month or a week or something, it goes up to more than 40-some you know, percent. If you add them all together, it comes to 41%. Uh, but that suggests that these blockages, which are what we do, bypasses and stents and angioplasties, it's the reason we give people statin drugs, it's the reason we put people on low-fat diets, is because of the, all these blockages. Uh, it turns out that those are a consequence of a heart attack, not the cause. And that changes everything, because if it's a consequence, then that's not the thing that should be treated. And again, in my book, I go through the whole science and even the studies of this. They're all on that heart website I talked about, mine and Heart Attack New. So you can actually get into the details of this. And what you will end up coming up with is that there are more, other more complicated reasons, not, not complicated, but other reasons that factor into whether somebody has a heart attack which are also amenable to very simple therapies, changes in diet, changes in natural medicines, et cetera, so that, you know, we can actually stop this nonsense of, you know, as you described, cracking people's chest open for procedures which the Mayo Clinic and the Texas Heart Study say don't do people any good. Mm. You know, we have a couple minutes left. If you would tell the listeners the one thing you would advise to help them take care of their heart, what would it be? Uh, read my book. <laughs> I, know, I know that's a bit self-serving, but I, 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 because I, because I'm trying to guide you not only with practical steps, what to do with diet and movement, and but as importantly, how to think differently about this. And how to think differently will get you into how to feel differently, how to honor the feelings that you do have. So you trust your feelings and intuitions and instincts rather than deny them. And it's all those things together, the details of the therapy and the wider view of this, that to me is the only hope for changing this epidemic. It seems like denying the heart is actually damaging it, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Sign of our times. Deny our feelings, deny our heart, and eventually it quits. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing. Exactly. So, uh, again, you're, um, you can find your books on just pr pretty much wherever fine books are sold, yes? Yeah, Amazon, or, you know, we do have it on humanheartcosmicheart.com. And more importantly, we have all kinds, if you go to the news part, there's all kinds of supportive you know, articles, things I wrote, things people I know wrote, uh, other websites which, which substantiate these claims because 
These well, are pretty dramatic claims, right? They I are. Mean, I'm and not... I'm sorry, we are out of time. It flies, and it's been a wonderful time. Our guest this hour has been Dr. Tom Cowan, the author of many books, including Human Heart, Cosmic Heart, A Doctor's Quest to Understand, Treat, and Prevent Cardiovascular Disease. His website is fourfoldhealing.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace a loving heart. <laughs>